You're listening to a message from Victory Dumaguete. We're down to the third installment of our current series called Future Hope. And basically, we're in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And the goal of this series is basically for us to have a better understanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ in light of His future coming, or of His future return, rather. So for this week, we'll look into 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 as we talk about suffering in view of Christ's coming. So again, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'll read basically the entire chapter 3. It's only 13 verses, so can you read your Bibles? It says there, Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this, for when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought to us the good news of your faith, and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Verse 11, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Just a quick context of the book of First before we get to those verses. Again, this church plan was birthed amazingly in a span of three weeks. You can read about this in Acts chapter 17. And in it, you'd see that Paul and Silas and Timothy and some of the others as well, they went to this city, they preached the gospel there, and in three weeks, they were able to have this church community. Imagine, three weeks lang. Nanaslide church did to. Inanaka open and willing to receive the gospel and people did to. And yet, some of the Jews there instigated a riot. Says there, they even dragged the host of Paul, Jason, they dragged him to the authorities and they caused uh, widespread persecution to happen. And it came to a point that Paul and some of his fellow missionaries had to leave the city because of the strong persecution. And because they had to leave, Paul and some of the others were worried about the state such church in Thessalonica. Because again, this was a time na wala pa cell phone, wala pa internet. It's not like now na if you're worried about what's happening in another city or another nation or somewhere else, you can just quickly call someone, text someone, or go online, check on say update. Back then, in ancient times, they couldn't just know news or they could just get updates right away. So Paul was deeply distressed and concerned for the state of this church. Which is why he also wrote back this letter to the church after he received a report of what happened to them. Also, because they were away, he needed to explain as well the reason why they fled, the reason why they had to flee the city. Because oftentimes with Paul, there are several false rumors, accusations against him. So Paul needed to tell the church as well that he still deeply cared for them. Which is why chapter 3 is often labeled in your Bibles, Paul's longing to see them again. Paul's longing to see the church in Thessalonica again. So we see here in, in chapter 3, verse 1, 
says there and starts there, Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. Now, this verse starts with the all-important word, therefore. Now, every time you read your Bible and you see that word, therefore, you need to backtrack a bit. before that? What are the previous verses or even the previous chapter before that? Well, if you go back a few verses in chapter 2, verses 17 to 19, Paul basically starts telling from his perspective what he feels or what they felt when they had to flee the city because of the persecution. In verse 17, it says here, But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly with great desire to see you face to face. Verse 18, Because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at His coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and our joy. So it's pretty interesting that Paul, in this passage, he says that, but since we were torn away, he describes their fleeing from the city when they had to go away. He describes it as, since we were torn away from you, brothers. That phrase, torn away, it basically means to be bereaved or to live as an orphan. When you say bereave, it means to grieve or to be deeply saddened over the loss of someone because that someone has died. And when we say to be orphaned, of course, it talks about the loss of both parents a person. So Paul here is saying na grabe ang effects ay lahat when they had to flee and when they had to escape the city. It says here, torn away from them, this isn't just lang, ah, na-miss na ko tamo. This isn't simply a small fleeting emotion lang. No. Come Paul, it's like you lost someone dearly. It's like namatyan ka. It's like you're being left as an orphan. That's how severe they felt when they had to leave the church. Paul and Silas and Timothy, they wanted to go back to this church because of the intense persecution the church was experiencing. Again, they were deeply worried for the state of the church, but they could not go yet. And it says there, since they could not bear it no longer, that's in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says there, when they could bear it no longer, they were willing to be left in Athens muna, and then they sent Timothy to check on the church. Now that phrase as well, bear it no longer, it means to cover closely or to endure as like someone being shielded. So it's like nakagitabunan, nakagina keep, nakagina tapakan or something. And Paul says, we could bear it no longer. They could no longer endure, they could no longer shield it, they could no longer hide it. Their distress, their anxiety, their concern for this church was so much that they need to send someone to check on the state of the church. They couldn't just wait for an update. They couldn't just wait for a letter. Paul had to tell Timothy, go there, check there. Kumusta mga people did to? And in fact, it says that they were separated in person, not in heart. When you go back to chapter 2, in verse 17, it says that they were separated in person, physically, but not in heart. It goes to show you how Paul's compassion and love and care for his people abound so much. And it's important for us, as we go to these verses, I want us to learn as well, not just from the Thessalonians, but also from Paul's attitude towards them. See, Paul has showed or exhibited this great care and compassion for this church. And what about us, ba, mga believers, us Christians here today? Do we show that kind of level of compassion and care for others? Do we deeply care for the state of other people, especially now uh, pandemic season? For a lot of us, we haven't met with some of our friends or our family members for a long time. For a lot of us, do we kumusta sa mga people na kailan nato? Do we meet nila physically speaking, di ba? Because of this pandemic. For some of you, na may makailang they had to go back to their hometowns. You haven't met them face to face for a long time. Na yung LDR ang most friendships event. So with that said, do you exhibit care and compassion for others? The book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 even says, Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. 
Look to the cares, concerns of other people, not just your own. Do we do that, church? Are we concerned with the suffering of others? Are we like Paul Banga na we're deeply concerned with the suffering of others? Especially now na because of this pandemic, parang almost every week, na kayo makita nga notification or post of someone who's lost a loved one, someone nga namatay ang parent, yung loved one, yung friend, someone who's in distress or experiencing problems. I'm pretty sure you yourselves, na mo yung mga nakam across ng problems sa makailan ninyo. Question, apart from just having a fleeting moment of sadness for them, do we show deep concern, compassion for them? Do we pray for them? Oftentimes, atong default response, kung na magpa-pray na ito, di ba? Prayer emoji, or sad react nga emoji atong ginabuhat. Or we say, praying for you or something. Do we deeply pray for them? Are we concerned about them? Kumusta na ka ito siya? Do you think about those people? Adugin na wala na meet ninyo. For Paul, he says here that they could bear it no longer. Such was their concern, their distress for these people. This lama at peace. They were deeply concerned with them. In fact, in verse 2, it says here, They sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in the faith. It wasn't just to check a report and come back, but they also sent Timothy to establish and exhort them in the faith. When you say establish and exhort, establish means here, and word really means to prop, to support, or to strengthen. Imagine a building or something or in need of strengthening or supporting. But Timothy was sent there to strengthen the faith of the church and also to exhort, to encourage them. Because again, extreme persecution again counter nila. This isn't the kind of persecution nga online lang. Ngayon, follow ka, i-cancel ka, or kanang binawangan ka, uy, si Hallelujah, nanadere, or si Pastor, or something, or ginamak ka online or something. This is the kind of persecution that could cost you your life. The kind of persecution that would cause you to be in jail, to be disowned, to lose your life. Again, Jason, their host, was dragged all the way to the authorities. They wanted to extinguish the church. Such was their persecution. And their persecution was not short, was not brief. Again, after Paul left, nipadayan gap ng persecution. That's why Paul was in deep concern for them because he was worried that they might lose their faith. That's why he sent someone to encourage and strengthen their faith. Because they were worried that the people in the church would leave the faith because of persecution, they sent Timothy to establish and exhort. Remember, this was only a three-week-old church plant. Can you imagine that? Three-week-old palani. I mean, can you teach everything to a three-week-old church plant? Of course not. That would take a lifetime. That's why Paul sent Timothy to go there. You see, Paul was not just concerned with their lives. Yes, he was concerned about, buhi pa ba sila? Okay ba ba sila? Napriso ba sila or not? But he was also deeply concerned about their faith. That's why he sent there you know, to establish and exhort them in their faith. Okay, that was one of Timothy's primary main reasons of being sent there. It's like if you know if you know someone who just went through Victory Weekend or someone who preached the gospel, a new believer, and somehow you didn't meet them for a long time because let's say there's a pandemic, they need to go back to their hometowns, you didn't meet with them physically. Are you concerned with those people? Ba? Are we worried about them? It's like that situation. It's like this new group of believers and Paul had to leave them abruptly. That's why Paul was deeply concerned. And in chapter 3, he says here that no one be moved by these afflictions. He sent Timothy to encourage them in their faith because he was worried that they would be moved by their afflictions. The word afflictions here means Pressure. Kanang pressure nga mura gi-constrict. Imagine being gilukot kag python. Yan ang kakakasing pressure. Magituok ka. Or it's like you're being gi-corner ka into a small, narrow place. It also means internal pressure, feeling na there's no escape or no options. 
that kind of pressure, that kind of affliction na ginaface sa church there. Na parang ginatook sila, not literally speaking lang, but figuratively as well. Imagine, if you were a Christian at that time, you had to think, kumugawas ko karun, basi atatakihon ko. Kumugawas ko karun, basi dakpon ko, i-drag or something. That's the kind of persecution they experienced. That's the kind of affliction they experienced. And Paul says na, Timothy said, they would not be moved by these things. And verse 5 reinforces that. says here na, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter have tempted you and our labor would be in vain. Paul was worried na, tanangibot nila for the three weeks would be in vain if the tempter had tempted them, if they had swayed off from the faith, if they had left the faith because of their persecution. And how many of us can relate to that? Now, when bad things happen to us, when afflictions, trials, problems, when these things happen to us, how do we act? Okay lang, on fire for God, okay lang, di tama worried, or Lord. when bad things happen to us, or when our prayers don't get answered right away, how do we respond? You see, oftentimes, afflictions can cause people to leave the faith, or to cause them to grumble, to complain, to be bitter towards God, or towards the faith. Are we tempted to leave the faith when afflictions happen to us? When bad things happen to you, and I'm not downplaying the severity or the weight of the problem. Yes, it could be as bad as losing someone, losing a loved one, losing your job, having sickness, being diagnosed with a serious disease, failing a subject or a year in your studies. All those things are great, severe, and problema. I'm not saying, uh, okay, na problema. No, I understand. I acknowledge that those things are serious and grave. But is that a cause for us ba, to leave the faith because we experience these things? Or we press on, we hold on. Paul was worried that these new young believers would leave the faith because they would be tempted by the tempter because of their extreme persecution. Na parang, noon nga na ko, now I'm experiencing all these difficulties. Perhaps at one point, you've experienced that. You've thought about that as well. Paul was worried about them. It's similar to what's stated in Matthew 13, verse 20, in the parable of the sower. It says here, in verse 20, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But because it did not take root in their hearts, though it grow tung seed, it shriveled up and died under the sun as well. Why? Because it did not take root in their hearts. When bad things, when afflictions happen, because the word did not take root in their hearts, it leaves a faith like Yabon. So may we not be like that when we receive the word, may the word take root in our hearts. Now, what's important here is in verse 3 and 4, Paul tells the church, Thessalonica, now we were destined for this. He says, now, yes, I was worried about you. I was worried that you would be moved by these tribulations or be tempted by the tempter. But in the middle of those, verse 3 and 4, he says, now, we were destined for this. And he even says, now, we were to suffer affliction. He even reminds them that when we were with you, we constantly reminded you. beforehand. What's amazing here is that Paul did not sugarcoat it. Now, come on, as believers, expect that there will be problems. There will be suffering. There will be persecution. Even before they left, they actually told them that. It says that we were destined for this. In other words, the Christian life, church, it's not akuna matatang. It's not a problem-free life. If someone told you, hey, be a Christian, follow Jesus, all will be well with you. No problems. No, that's not true. In fact, the one promise in the Bible when it comes to being a believer is that there will be suffering and tribulations. John 16 verse 33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is Jesus himself. He says that you will have tribulation. This is the same words, uh, affliction. 
you will have problems. You'll experience persecution. Meaning, kung Kristiyano ka, anak katinghala, kung gi-persecute ka sa faith ni mo. Kung Kristiyano ka, anak katinghala, kung experience ka kalisod, kung experience ka problems. You might think na, ah, ano ako? Karoon na noon nga na-believer ko. Karoon na noon nga nag-church ko. Karoon na noon nga, Lord, nag-follow ko ni mo, Lord. Why are all these difficulties happening to me? We should not be shocked that that happens. We're not the first people to experience that. Early on, palang, niyo na si Jesus na you will have tribulation. But the good news is, He says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. The good news is, we have Christ. Paul reminds them of that, that we have been destined for this. Now, just to expound on this, for us to have a picture as well, to imagine the difficulties an early church believer would experience. Remember, this was a polytheistic culture. Ang ancient world that time, polytheistic pagan culture. Unlike now, nga daganang places or nations, nga there's Christianity, there's the gospel there. Back then, when the church was still growing, it hadn't spread to many of the places of the world yet. The Roman Empire was predominantly paganistic and polytheistic. For you, a believer, if you were to be Christian, dako siya cost sa life nimo. Nowadays, in the Philippines, being a Christian, because we grew up in this religious culture, parang okay lang. I mean, I'm not saying that there are persecution or hardships, but it's not as close to what the ancients had to go through. If you're a Christian in ancient times, it means one, that you couldn't associate yourself a lot of times with your fellow neighbors, nga pagans. It means not, not joining them in festivities. It means not, not accepting say, culture na before, the idolatry, the sexual promiscuity that they'd experience. The people in Rome at a certain time, they were required to acknowledge Caesar or the emperor as parang God because the Roman Empire had this parang official religion to unify the empire. Now, whatever your personal religion may be, whatever your personal belief may be, as long as you recognize that the emperor is God or you quote-unquote worship the emperor, you'd still be accepted in the empire. It was their way of sort of preserving the unity of the empire. And as Christians, they wouldn't do that. For the Christians, the early church, there's only one God and that is Jesus. And they wouldn't do that. So a lot of them were persecuted. A lot of them were sent to jail or martyred or killed. Again, this is why in the church of Thessalonica, the Jewish people they instigated the riot and they made accusations against the believers because again, they would not submit and saying that Caesar is God or Caesar is Lord. For them, Jesus is Lord. That's why it's difficult, especially at that time. And persecution that time was extreme. Now in verse 6, it says here, after all the worrying verses that Paul stated, I'm deeply worried, concerned about you, your faith especially. Verse 6 says here, But now that Timothy has come to us, Timothy, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. Good news is that even though not everything is perfect, there are things that need to address Paul as well in the church, it was generally positive, ang note. Paul and the dollars were surprised that hey, even if, when there's extreme persecution, the church here was still growing or it still existed. Well, that wipe out. They're still there. Their faith is still strong. Timothy basically brought a good report. And what's amazing here is that the church, they still long to see Paul. Remember, Paul left. The other missionaries left. They could have been bitter towards Paul. Tungun ni Paul. Suffered na tungun ni Paul. Preach mo sa gospel sa city na ito. Tawa na. Jason, gidala sa authorities. Tawa na akong silingan nga kasyano. Beat up. Iambush. They could have been bitter towards Paul. They could have been angry. But says here that you remember us kindly and long to see us. It goes to show you that they were not bitter or angry towards Paul. Many of them still strong in the faith. Likewise, Paul longed to see them as well. And in verse 7, 
For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through our faith. After all the things, the emotions that Paul is pouring out, ni Paul yung heart niya dali sa mga verses. All his worry, his love for them, his deep concern. Finally, he hears good report from them. And even though they experience persecution, they're still strong in the faith. The word distress there, you know, when, when Paul says, in all our distress and affliction, the word distress there means extreme anxiety, sorrow, or pain. Have you ever had to wait for news or confirmation on someone? Kumusta sila? And you had to wait for a long time? Perhaps someone ka ilang nagkasakit, went through an operation, a surgery, or you heard that something bad happened to them and you didn't hear for a while. But it can make you anxious or in pain. That's what Paul felt. Extreme sorrow or anxiety. And says here na, finally, they were comforted by their faith. They were comforted about them through their faith. In NLT translation, in verse 7, it says here, So have been greatly encouraged in the midst of troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in the faith. What's amazing here is that both Paul and the Thessalonians, they were experiencing problems. Yes, ang Thessalonians, they persecuted them. But even Paul says here, in the midst of our troubles and suffering. So when Paul was writing this letter to the Thessalonians, he was actually in Corinth. While he was in Corinth, he was experiencing pushback, opposition. At one point, a false accusation against him, a court or something to be accused of. He had his own problems as well. While the Thessalonians were having their own problems. And when Paul, having all these problems, heard of this good news, this good report from them, he was comforted and encouraged. So what we see here is rather that we encourage others when we endure suffering and remain strong in the faith. We see here basically another good reason why we need to endure suffering. There are many others. Okay? A lot of them are not stated in this particular text. Of course, in some of the texts of the Bible, it says they're not enduring suffering produces character. It helps us grow. Enduring suffering it could be a form of experiencing discipline from God as well. But here in this passage, we see that when we endure suffering, when we endure problems, tribulations, afflictions, we encourage other believers as well. Paul, this is the Apostle Paul now, he was encouraged, comforted by what happened to these Thessalonians by their faith. They had this great example that even though they experienced extreme persecution, they remained strong in the faith. And this was a good encouragement for Paul who himself was experiencing persecution. Parang, oh man, grabe mo. Three-week-old pa mga church plant, pero endure mo. Can you imagine Paul with me? He's there, he's facing his own problems, and now he hears the three-week church plant enduring, thriving, strong in the faith. Can you imagine the comfort, the encouragement that would have given Paul? Lord, governing church to the Lord. Lord, thank you for giving me this good news. Church, we ought to endure suffering. For a lot of us, sometimes our mindset towards life is we do anything, everything to avoid pain and suffering. But sometimes more the mindset na to, kapoy, discomfort, ganta comfortable, ganta easy, ganta all problems solved right away, no enduring of pain and suffering. But there's another purpose to enduring pain and suffering, and that is for the benefit of others as well. I mean, if I was to ask you, what are some of the recent things you had to endure? We had a difficult year, almost two years natar sa pandemic. Perhaps for some of you, you endured physical problems, sickness, illnesses. Perhaps for some of you, you endured financial problems, problems at work, sa business ninyo, 
pangbayad sa tuition ninyo, if you're a student, perhaps some of you, relational problems, away sa balay, sa relatives ninyo, because of what happened sa pandemic, loss of loved ones, death that happened in the family, many other things. What are some of the things that you've endured or you've had to endure over this past season, church? Also, these verses show us, church, basically the need for community. Meaning, as followers of Christ, we need community. Even now, now we can't meet with each other physically all the time. Perhaps you're somewhere far away or you have to go back to your hometown and light church there. We still need community. The good thing now is that even though we can't meet with each other physically, we can meet with each other online. The one benefit we have over Paul is that we can meet with each other online, call, meaning exhaust every method to still connect to the community. When you read and look at these verses, you'd see how the community exhorted one another. Paul receives this good news or is encouraged by the church in Thessalonica and he writes back to encourage them naman. So there's this exchange of encouragement to church community. The same thing with us. We should not suffer alone. If you're here right now and you're experiencing problems, challenges, nag-suffer ka, talk to someone in the church community. Which is why all the time, diba, sa Sunday service, we always say, let us know about your prayer requests so we can pray for you. Or if perhaps you want to talk to someone, perhaps bago nakagitag dali sa online service, bago nakag-invite or whatever, perhaps you need to talk to someone, let us know. Talk to one of our victory group leaders. Talk to one of our ministers. Talk to one of our volunteers. Do not suffer alone, church. As followers of Christ, we need community. The church in Thessalonica, they would not survive, endure, if there was no community. If kanya-kanya na tong Christiano, ikaw Jason, ikaw Diha, ikaw Chris, ikaw Zar, dito mo, bahala mo. If there was no community, they would not persevere. They would not endure. The church would have been wiped out. But as you see in even in different passages in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, you would see na because the church community in the early church was so strong in different areas, they would help out one another. They would sell their belongings to help out one another. Those who are in need, encouraging one another. They were able to endure persecution. It doesn't mean they were suffer. They but they were not wiped out basically in church. Even Though grabbing extreme persecution because of community. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 even says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are doing. So they were, in fact, doing that. They were building up one another, they were encouraging one another, and Paul tells them to continue doing that. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25 even says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day drawing near. So we might not be able to meet with each other like nato physically at this season. But again, you can call, you can text, video call, exhaust all methods to encourage one another. Church, when was the last time na kumusta ka sa mga kailan ninyo? Na kumusta ka sa ka-church, sa fellow believers? When was the last time you encouraged someone? Hey bro, I have this good news for you. Or bro, kumusta ka? Sabay ka niso ni mo. When was the last time you prayed for someone? Told them you prayed for them. Mas the last time you asked someone for their prayer requests, for their needs. So say kailangan nila, say help kailangan nila. May we do that as a church community. May we show love, care, concern to others by encouraging and exhorting them as well. Now we talk about enduring suffering. Over the past few verses, we see this church in Thessalonica that's enduring suffering, even though extreme job, they're still striving and remaining strong in the faith. And you might ask, Tom, how can I remain strong in the faith? How can I endure suffering? Now, we may not be physically be dragged out of our houses or be thrown in prison because of our faith, but from these passages, we can learn two important things for us to endure suffering. First is by being established in the faith. In verse 2 of chapter 3, it says here, 
And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in the faith. If you want to be able to endure suffering, we need to be established in the faith. Which is why Paul sent Timothy. His concern was, baka nag-leave sa faith sila, baka nag-backslide sila, baka nag-undang na sila, baka nag-bitter sila kang God. So he sent someone to establish and exhort them in the faith. In other words, if we want to be able to endure suffering, even when bad things happen to us, on fire for God, passionate for God, if we want to remain strong in the faith, we need to be established in the faith. Now, what does being established in the faith look like? Ba? One verse or one passage, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 25, gives us this picture. It's a parable. It says there, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. This is the parable or the story of the two house builders. This first one, is, it talks about someone who built his house on rock. In fact, on the parable, in the story, we have two house builders, basically same house. Nila. The difference is on the foundation. This first person built his house on rock. And what does it mean to build your house on rock? It means to hear the words of God, or the words of Christ, and does them and apply them like a wise man. So in other words, if we hear the words of God, but don't apply them, we would be deceiving ourselves. It's like building our house on sand. And it says there, when the rains fell and the floods came, that house was swept away. The difference between a house built on sand and a house built on rock was the foundation. The same thing with our faith. We want a faith that remains strong. We want to make sure we're standing strong, uh, walking with God still. We need to have our faith like this house built or founded on the rock. And that is to hear the words of God and apply them. To do them. To read the Word of God, hear the Word of God, and apply the Word of God. Not just here and not do them. Nay obedience, nay application. This is why being established in the faith is important. I remember this quick story a few years ago. There's this certain nation back then, uh, we had a church there as well, an Evangelion church, and they were experiencing persecution and problems there. But they did not pray for the persecution to stop. But rather, they prayed or they asked, ang prayer request nila was to give them stronger backs. To give them the strength to endure persecution. Why? Because while the persecution was happening, the church was not declining. In fact, the church was growing. In fact, I saw a recent Facebook post. Yet to confirm it, but confirm it. One of the underground churches in Afghanistan, nagbaloon, naggrow siya, even though they're experiencing persecution, even though gisakop ang nation na wala naggamay ang church. You see, persecution will not cause the church to end. In fact, if it did, wala na church karon. But rather, it is the quality of our faith. If we remain strong in the faith, if we are founded on rock, no matter the kind of persecution, we will remain. The church will remain. Just like the church in Thessalonica. They remained, they remained strong in the faith, they endured because they were established in the faith. The second last thing we can learn from these verses is by looking to the future hope. We want to remain strong in the faith, we want to endure suffering, look to the future hope. Now, who is this future hope? Ba? And where can we see this? In verse 11 to 13, the very last verses, Paul basically has this prayer, if you will, towards the church. He says now, may our God and Father himself and the Lord Jesus direct our way to you. So he wants to really go back to this church now and wants to meet them face to face. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. In some translations, overflow. It goes to show you that ka love ni Paul, nga people. In fact, the church in general in different areas as well. And in verse 13, very interestingly, he says there, so that he, God, may establish your hearts blameless 
in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all His saints. No, it says there na, at the coming of our Lord Jesus. This pertaining to the second coming of Christ. In fact, one of the most prominent themes in the whole First Thessalonians is Paul talking about the second coming of Jesus towards this church. Why? Because after Paul left and the missionaries left and they experienced persecution, of course, some of them died the church. And the church was worried that those who died would be exempted or excluded from the second coming of Jesus. Parang din sila sila. They were worried. They thought na the second coming is almost there na. In other words, kula ang theology nila when it comes to the second coming of Christ. And Paul writes this letter to encourage and exhort to them that even if they died, but because they are believers, they are followers of Christ, they are still partakers of what's going to happen when Christ returns. In chapter 4, in verse 13 to 18, it says here, But we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep, meaning those who are dead, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Paul is saying them, do not grieve like those who have no hope because they were grieving hopelessly, thinking of those who died, excluded now for when the second coming of Christ happens. Because he was saying, don't be like those who have no hope, meaning if we have Christ, if we are part of the second coming, we have hope. It says here in verse 14, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Church, we are able to endure suffering when we have hope. The believers in this church, though they kulang ang understanding nila sa second coming, they knew that Christ would return. They had a future hope that enabled them or give them the hope to endure suffering. Meaning, the reason why they remain strong in the faith is yes, nagsuffer sila. Yes, sakit. Yes, gidrag, gipersecute, giaccuse. Some of them died nga. But they had, they were looking towards a future hope. They were not thinking lang down themselves, thinking, ah, kaluoy na ako lang, sakit ni, ano man is Paul. They were not grumbling, complaining, looking to the past, looking at Paul, blaming or something. No, they were looking to a future hope. They knew after this suffering, this, yes, this pain, this suffering is here, but it's temporary. Whatever pain, suffering we experience in life is temporary. This is not our final home. This is not all there is to life. Whether we live up to 80 years old, 100 years old, 120 years old, whatever old we grow old to, a time will come when all of us will physically die. And a time will come when we will be with Christ. If you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ. Here's the future hope that we will be with God for all of eternity. We will be with Him for all of eternity in a time, in a place where there's no suffering, no pain, no illness. Isn't that amazing? So meaning, if you're suffering now, but you know there's something amazing that's going to happen in the future, doesn't that encourage you to endure suffering when you have future hope? It's kind of like when you're 
waiting in line for something but you know what you're gonna take at the end like for example let's say you wait in line ka na may libre at the end example lang parang taas linya but you know at the end may free let's say car example na lang let's say taas ka yung linya one mile away linya but you know at the end pag human tanang mo linya may libre auto Diba? Even though wala pa experience Anna, you know what's gonna happen at the end. You know what you're gonna get. You're gonna experience so all the suffering, all the pain. Kasi ka wait, kasi idet, singot with other people, samok. But you know what you're gonna get at the end. So you're willing to hit. The same thing here. If we have that future hope, if we know, if we are assured, what's gonna happen at the end when Jesus returns, all the suffering, all the pain pales in comparison to what we will experience in the future, the future glory with Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 to 18 says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Hebrews 10 verse 23 even says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for He who promise is faithful. Faithful sa promises si God niya. Time will come that He would return to Jesus and maybe hold on to this hope that we profess. This future hope that enables us to endure suffering. Church, as followers of Christ, God establishes our hearts while we wait for our future hope. Again, I'm not downplaying whatever suffering or pain you're experiencing right now. But what I'm saying is, when we have the right perspective, looking forward and not just looking down on our pain and suffering, but looking to Christ, looking to Jesus, looking to His return, knowing that there is a future hope or a future glory, it helps us weather the storms in our life, knowing that all of what we're experiencing right now is temporary. The pain will subside. You will be able to endure. Hold on. Remain strong in the faith for you we all have this future hope. You just heard a message from Victory Dumaguete. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victorydumaguete.org or like our page on Facebook.